this is probably really more in the realm of therapy. Uh, you know, me sort of rambling or therapizing to myself. But okay, so right now I live in Washington. My brother lives in Kansas City, Missouri. And I went back to visit him in September of last year. So basically it was just me, my mom, my little sister, and my brother, right? My older brother. You know, I haven't really seen my older brother in like 15 years. I haven't seen my sister in a few years. Uh, well, yeah, a couple of years at this point. And my mom too. Uh, they both live in Iowa. My brother lives in Missouri. Anyway, when I went back, a lot happened. And it was like a weirdly spiritual thing for me, which it's only because I'm the particular kind of weird that I am. But I don't know, something about the whole trip just, it was cathartic for me in a weird way. For example, my mom, like when we were growing up, like all three of us, me and my brother and my sister were growing up, my mom would, she had this sort of habit of, you know, every time things got hard in a relationship, she would sort of, you know, pack up and, and leave sort of in the middle of the night, right? Without really informing the partner. And of course she would, in such a stereotypical 1990s fashion, would be blaring Alanis Morissette and very, you know, emotional. And But it was also sort of a happy thing, like, okay, we're going to go away. You know, she has to sell it to the kids, right? Anyway, while, I, while we were there, right, while we were all in Kansas City, we saw Alanis Morissette live <laughs> as adults, right? We're all adults now. And I don't know, it was just kind of like a thing. Also, there was a moment where I saw, oh, what is it called? Liberty Tower. Me and my brother, after a night of staying out and going out with my mom and sister, we sort of like stayed up all damn night just talking about stuff that I frankly don't even really remember very well, partly because I was inebriated and partly just because that's how my mind works anyway. I don't really, my mind doesn't really hit record in, in the way that like a lot of other people's uh, uh, minds uh, seem, to, seem to. But yeah, we stayed up all night and we're just, we just talked and then we kind of like walked around Kansas City and the sun was like about to rise. He was like, oh, I know where we should go. So we walked all the way across, like probably it was a 20 to 30 minute walk, which isn't very far, I know, but from the, the Airbnb that my mom was renting to Liberty Tower, right? Liberty Tower, also known as the National World War I Museum, or it's this tower. It's an obelisk is what it is, right? In the same artistic lineage as obelisks of ancient Egypt, right? That empire, right? And then also of the Washington Monument, right? It's sort of in that same heritage. Yeah. Heritage is a better word. Um, yeah, the, the heritage of the American empire, right? The Washington Monument. And so there's this obelisk in the middle of Kansas City, Missouri. You know, I'm, I'm on this sort of trip, right? With my family. It's already a thing, right? Uh, you know, I just had a meaningful conversation with my brother. I know I just said that it, I don't really remember most of it, but I mean, regardless, emotionally, it happened, right? <laughs> just because my brain can't remember these things, it doesn't mean that I can't, you know, process them as they were felt post hoc. My, my point is that, that yeah, we, we went to Liberty Tower. And as we approach, right, there's these two sphinxes who are like sort of hiding their faces, right, with their wings at the base of the obelisk, right? So they're sort of facing it and they're hiding their faces from something, right? And what is it that they're hiding their faces from, right? It's the obelisk, right? <laughs> you know, um, so they're hiding their faces from the obelisk. 
and and at the top there are four men standing facing outward around the tip of the obelisk so there's a, a man facing the north right a man facing the east west south etc right and all of them are clearly meant to represent kings they have crowns on right there is something very occult about all of that right there's something very I mean, it feels like witchcraft to me. <laughs> it feels like state witchcraft to me. The whole work of art, right? The, the whole public work of art. It's a memorial, right? It's a memorial to, to World War I, right? And the, and the horrifying things that happened, right? And, and, you know, they called it the war to end all wars, right? They, they really thought that that was going to be the end of it. That, after this, how could we do this again, right? How could we, how could we do this again, right? surely we know better by now right and of course that's not true but it, it is a trip walking up to a museum that's sort of trying to process the trauma of that war and trying to look at it honestly uh, you know this obelisk was built like i think 10 years or something after the the end of the war so it was before um, world war ii had happened right so at the base of the obelisk, it says that it's a memorial of the world war, right? Because there had only been one, the world war, right? The war to end all wars, right? It says world war in the singular, right? <laughs> it was just, it was, it was bizarre to me. I felt it right then, like the implication of that, right? And the sort of this looming sense that we all have that, you know, it's here, right? This was only a few months ago, really. I mean in September of last year, right? It was before the, the Russia-Ukraine shit was going on, but my God, look at look at the state of things, right? Surely only a world war could snap us all back into standing in line, right? <laughs> That's the witchcraft of a monument like where I went, right? I mean, ultimately it is a Christo-fascist work of sort of public witchcraft. Again, the whole thing casts a spell on the public. I mean, it's a beautiful place to be, right? <laughs> And when you're there, especially if you're sort of vibrationally attuned to it, I believe that, I guess I'm an institutionalist in this way, right? You know, I believe that the institutions inside of which we exist, that they influence us, of course, right? You can't be an individual, right? Not only, right? <laughs> you, in, you exist within institutions, right? And some of us, especially Americans, exist within nesting sets of institutions, all of which want us to believe that we are individuals, right? <laughs> that they have no influence over us. But of course, that's a lie. They do have influence over us, right? They have influence over us in ways that we cannot understand, right? And one of those ways is architecture and public works of art and things like this, grand things like, I mean, the pyramids, right? But the, in ancient Egypt, right, the Egyptians seem to have really understood this principle and, and others around the world, right? It wasn't just them, but that's the, that's the, it's the human impulse to, to erect and, and there's that word erect, right? Uh, to erect a tower, right? <laughs> or to erect a monolith, right? You need to build something while you're here, right? And usually that thing that you're building has been in history, a project that takes centuries, right? That takes longer than the human lifespan, right? What does it mean to direct the will of so many people for such a long span of time? <laughs> That's absolutely wild. How does it happen, right? It's, it's that we build these monoliths, right? We build these, these towers, right? And then they affect us. And they affect us while we're building them, right? And what they are really is they are monuments that contain us, right? 
there are monuments that are that exist bigger than us and and exert a certain amount of control over us right just aesthetically being in a certain environment will change everything about what happens in that environment right the same is true for war right <laughs> of course right you know the same is true for war war is the environment in which we exist right it is the institution right that is true right that we are a country that has always been at war right and we exist within that body uh, we are in, we are not encouraged to think about it in this way <laughs> because it makes us it makes it makes america seem like it's a fascist country i mean or at least it makes us maybe a fascist i don't know i mean don't get me wrong i do believe that america is very fascist it's very christo fascist right that's my whole my one of my whole things is that manifest destiny it's the city on the hill that's you know that's on the other it's it's who we will be in the future after all this is gone right <laughs> so that's where the christian mythology comes in right the christian apocalypticism right where after this horrific event then we'll get the land of milk and honey right and certain things about works of art these huge public erections right they do influence us and how does the liberty tower influence us it influences us by you know casting this spell of dominion over us it casts this spell of let's what are the words of it um let's see here's the quote behold a pale horse and his name that sat upon him was death and hell followed with him violence shall no more be heard in thy land wasting nor destruction within thy borders what doth the lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy god then shall the earth yield her increase and god even our own god shall bless us so i find that quote especially coupled with the bas relief of the i guess he's an angel right uh, because of the wings of course that's depicted you know along with the quote and then there's this wartime image sort of old you know classical looking bas relief of nurses and troops and what have you the relief is supposed to evoke the death that follows war right more than even the the death of the war itself right you know the famine and and disease that can often accompany it's it's the feeling of wasting away right in one sense but coupled with this image and coupled with this grand design of again we have the four the four kings perched atop the obelisk like archangels each pointing in their own direction again casting this this spell of dominion over the land this spell of out there there is violence right but in here there is no violence right that in here is peace right we have pax americana within these borders right and you know in in some senses outside of these borders too right that's part of the mythology as well of pax americana that we brought peace that we are bringing peace to the world through our exceptional leadership leading by example you know leaders of the free world right this is the this is what we're told right we have these these archangels at the top and we have 
these sphinxes. My friend mentioned this before, but one of them, I believe, is named Future, and the other is named Memory, right? So we have past and the future, both shielding their eyes. So when we look back, we um, we don't remember very well, right? <laughs> we can't remember very far back. And also we can't imagine very far forward, right? Because of this trauma, right? This totalizing trauma that occurred. But the promise is that just like in, again, I keep invoking this Christian mythology, is that not what the cross is, right? There's this, the, the death of God, right? This trauma, the son of God is crucified. All hope is dead, right? We can't, um, you know, how, how are we supposed to have hope after the death of Jesus, right? Well, he's risen again, right? I mean, the promise is that if we believe, if we have faith, right, if we trust in God, right, then all will be okay, right? You know, it'll work itself out in the end. And even even as more storms come, right, even as more empires come along, there will come a day, right, where, well, where it can go in any number of directions, right, uh, where this will all be over, right, in one way or another, right? It, this will all resolve itself in some way, right? And it will be to the glory of God, right? So my fear a little bit is that God is not good, right? You know, it's entirely possible that, and looking at the Bible, it's entirely likely, I think, that maybe God is death, right? Maybe God is Violence, right? It's the violent event, right? It's there's a reason why Christianity is so violent. I mean, it's in the liturgy again, as I always point out. It's a brutal murder, right, of what is presumably an innocent man by the state. I'll remind you, right, at the hands of an empire, not unlike our own. And the promise is that God will take care of all that, right? So the the promise is that after the the calamity, right, after the after the apocalypse, right, after the, after the end comes, right, then God's people will reign, right? So it's about, it's about death, and it's about survival, and it's about righteousness, right, who is right with God, right? It's those who survived the event, right? Surely they survived because they deserved it. They survived because they were righteous. That's sort of what we are told, you know, now today in, in America, right? Why is it that Americans are here on this land and you know, Native Americans or indigenous folks are still here, right? Of course, all due respect to folks who are still here and still have their complicated relationship with the state. But uh, nevertheless, the American state has hegemony, right? It has the monopoly of violence within these borders. And that is what dominion is. That is what the spell that is cast in that monument, it symbolizes all of that. <laughs> We marched our way across this land, right? We didn't need nukes, right, of course, because we had an overwhelming advantage in terms of technology, right? We didn't need to invent our way out of it, right? We just, we came with our guns, right? And we just happened to have better immune systems due to living in, in our own shit in Europe, <laughs> literally, right? Plague upon plague, you know, making our immune systems much more resilient than folks who are living by the grace of God, right, here in the new world. People who are sustenance farmers, right? They, they were hunting and gathering naked in the garden before God, and we came and fucking ruined it, you know? We came and, and the garden was here, and we arrived with our guns, right? And we raided the garden. We extracted and we built borders, right, around it. 
and those who who lived here we i mean i'll i'll leave it up to you to look at american history and the american present that's the thing you know we still live inside of manifest destiny now look at what's happening in native american communities right look at the disproportionate levels of violence disproportionate levels of substance abuse and and alcoholism and they're often called what is it diseases of despair right uh, because i mean here here we are you know living inside of the system that ended their world right in a very real way and now it's several centuries into it right such that we sort of forget that it's happening right but i mean look at the line 3 pipeline right and and indigenous water protectors tussling with cops right and many of them you know getting arrested in order to stop a pipeline from being built through sacred land right a land that is sacred to their people which you know if anybody should have a right to claim which land is sacred it's the original inhabitants of the land right and on top of that they're doing it in the name of having clean water there's only so much clean water that's left and we're about to you know run a fucking pipeline right through it right at least some of it it's sick we are doing it to ourselves but also we're doing it to the original victims of the american empire if unless we're talking about africans who are kidnapped and and human trafficked to the new world for the purposes of being treated worse than farm animals you know tortured for the purposes of extracting as much wealth as they possibly could from their labor not to mention rape and everything else and again we forget that this is the world that we're living in we still function under the same constitution that was hardly changed since then there was an amendment that kind of made slavery illegal you know is there any wonder that the war on drugs right which caused this mass incarceration that it primarily targeted black folks right the descendants of those right it, we still live inside of the same system the only things that change are aesthetic um i mean there there are real differences of course between what happened now and then but as conservatives in america are always wanting to remind us we could lose all this right every bit of progress that we have made or that our forebears have made in service of freedom and equality in equity we really could go backwards i mean look at gay rights they're trying to roll all this back trying to force schools to pretend like gay people aren't real <laughs> and forcing trans kids to not participate in high school sports <laughs> or at least not on the teams it would be most you know not on the team that correlates with their gender so they you know there's that they they're rolling back that social issue because it's not constitutional right and we still have the same constitution as we had back in the Ku Klux Klan days but for a couple amendments it's entirely possible to go back to stuff like that right and again another thing i'm always reminding people of is the disparity in arms you know in weaponry i don't want to arm up that's not that's not the direction i want any of this to go but fuck what are we to do are we just supposed to just die right just get shot by these lunatics right that just they're falling into the same historical trappings that you know we we sort of look at nazis right you know nazi germany the, the real ones or at least the the german ones and we think how could good german people let this happen right how could they just stand by how could they just watch all this and not 
act, right? Not act against it, right? And then we look at things like mass incarceration here, right? And socially things sliding right backwards. You know, I think we're, we're naive about how quickly things can go backwards. I mean, gay marriage only happened in 2008, right? <laughs> I think I think is when that was, or it was breathtakingly recent, you know, gay marriage, right? And that was a Supreme Court ruling. It was not an amendment. That can go away with a conservative court. And what will we do about it? Will we act to stop it? How could we good people stand by and not do something? How could we stand by and let them take abortion away? A fundamental right you know, a, a woman's ability to, to control her own reproduction. How could we let them take that away? Anywhere. <laughs> this is, you know, we, as President Lincoln said, you know, we can't, I, I forget the quote exactly. I'm sure he's, he said it way better than I'm about to. <laughs> but we can't, it has to be all or nothing, right? We can't have slave states and non-slave states. It has to be all slave states or abolish slavery as an institution, right? They fought for the latter, but it was not long before things slipped backwards, right? After these victories, uh, it was not long before, you know, Reconstruction collapsed due to white liberals compromising, pumping the brakes, right? Saying, whoa there, George, right? It's one thing to free the slaves, but I mean, Negroes in Congress, <laughs> right? And how this surfaces now is people saying things like, I don't care what transgenders do in the privacy of their own bedrooms, right? But we're going to let them into the same bathrooms as our daughters and our wives, right? That's how it works today. At least that's how it's working right now. And who's to say that the same thing, the same, that same pattern of discrimination couldn't represent itself in regards to race? <sighs> so... Yes, okay, the monument, <laughs> I went off on a rant there. This spell of dominion, it casts this illusion that everything is fine, right? You know, it casts this aesthetic of, you know, we are exceptional, right? America, uh, you know, things like that don't happen here, right? That the horrible thing already happened, that that is behind us, right? And, you know, instead of, they, they don't say never again in this, you know, we are resolved to ensure that this doesn't happen again, right? It's never again that it couldn't happen here, right? It's never again in that we should never talk about it again, right? They're trying to purge school books <laughs> of just the truth about all this stuff, right? I don't know. I <laughs> I was going to bring up the Washington's teeth thing again, but I feel like I bring it up every time I start ranting about this stuff. Because, yeah, I mean, we were taught a lie about it already, you know, and there's a very real project right now of trying to reckon with all this. And there are a lot of white folks on board, right? You know, look at how many turned out to protest police brutality, right, in 2020 and, and beyond, right? It, it Or was it 2019? I forget. This has all just been <laughs> bizarre. Half a decade here, I think. 